Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our over gloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, peeps, with your peeps, because you are our peeps, Irene peeps. and Katrina. Hi, Irene. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Here hey. I am. This is deja vu. I feel like we've done this already it's, once today. It is. Yeah. Well, you know how this goes. You know how this goes. Oh, I just can't I even get it together. Ginger. I like to throw in the ginger at the end. Yeah, just toss it in, Ginger. Tell me about what you were you were just saying the the today's years old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I I I get these like random thoughts from time to time. Like, do you ever like hear I, when I was a kid, our our dog's name was Chelsea, which is like a weird name for a dog, but like whatever. And one day I was like, Chelsea, like that's a weird name for a dog. Like, what? Why? You know? But I the yeah. dog, you know, just you think about weird things. So at any rate. Um, today I was driving to Jazzercise as one does. And I was like, Irene says peeps a lot. And I know that that means like you're referring to people. Yeah. But like, I realized peeps is the shortened version of people. <laughs> today was the Boom first day. <laughs> the first. It only took you two years. I'm confident. <laughs> I'm not the only person who just discovered that peeps is short for people. Like, I thought what did that, you, what did you think it was? Like the, the, the Easter candy that looks like the little gummy bear chickens or whatever they are. Do you know, my dog Darby loves those. Like really? legit loves those. Yeah. I've never he had one of those. When I crack it open, like the package, and Are then you kind of have that. Do dog? It's sugar, isn't it? Like, can they have sugar? I don't know. He's he's fourteen years old and he's still kicking, so right seems to work for him. But he he likes it when I open up the package and I kind of let the outside get slightly stale, Ew. so that you like crunch. It's almost like you brulee it. That's so when you crunch through the peeps. Anyways, oh, so yeah, peeps. Cr- I, just, I just realized that <laughs> I'm bruleeing my peeps. That makes it I sound prepared. like so much so much more. Um, like fancier. It's like you know when, yes. when everyone when anyone says the word sous vide, they're like, "I'm um, going to Starbucks. I'm going to get this sous vide egg." This is like you brulee. Oh, your peeps. this is me. I brulee my peeps for my dog by just opening the package and letting them get stale. That's like, like air dry. What's going on. I'm just gonna let the. I'm just gonna brulee them by just letting them let air dry. Them I think brulee means you actually set it on fire. I think brulee is I like the French yeah. for broil. Oh, you look at you, you're soul? so smart with your words. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, now I get it. Un petit peu de français. Oui, oui. I like that. Oh, yeah. So, so um, other than that, how, how are you? Are you good? I'm, I'm great. Like, I'm living my best life. Thanks for asking. Are you really living your best life, though? I'm um, not, but I'm pretending to, and um, kind of. I, okay. I am learning so much about being a, a business owner. I feel like yeah. every day I learn something new and it sounds stupid to say that aloud because it's like, all right, you've been a business owner for nine months. Like, shouldn't you know things by now? Mm-hmm. So for example, for example, I, I feel like I should write a book of regrets, like the regrets book of what I did when I was building the office and things that I wish I would have done then that I'm now dealing with now, nine months later. Mm-hmm. Number one, I'm going to write like, a regrets book about what I did in undergrad. Oh, don't even get me started. 
I'm gonna go back would to you third read that grade. book Irene? <laughs> I would read that book I would oh my gosh I would I would oh. read I would read my own regrets book I think yeah. um, what I've learned so it's like one of my biggest regrets is there's like a pet store that's next door to me now but the space was empty when I was building I regret that I didn't take over that space because mm. I cheaped out I was like I don't want to pay an extra three thousand dollars a month for rent like I'm already paying four thousand for this space and I don't want to do that yeah. da, da, da. so I cheaped out and now we're like running out of space because we're growing oh. I need more ops I'm like we've got workstations everywhere um there's That's nine people that work problem, here now I mean. right but so I, re- I regret that on, i want to i want to do this i want to take it back to when you and i were at vod and you were just getting ready to open your office and i remember you saying like one of your biggest fears when you opened your practice when your biggest fears was that like nobody would come nobody would come that you would have that you wouldn't have patience that you'd just be sitting there and the amazing thing is that you have the opposite problem like everybody wants to get care from you and you're so busy which is honestly like amazing I think that's just incredible so congratulations Irene thank you I mean it's a good problem to have but so we're talking about regrets here we're not talking about positives because there's in no way no in no way could I ever like give myself any credit for all of this stuff no I only only have to share the bad parts so yeah yeah, so so that that is one of the regrets so now we're like running out of space and with that space this week we've had like a series of IT issues so like two Mm -hmm. weeks ago and I kind of had a feeling that it was gonna happen so I like reached out to my IT guy a while ago and I was like listen like it's not a big deal now but like we're running out of storage space on our systems because I didn't Mm -hmm. realize how many new patients we would have therefore how many more records we would have to keep and how many x-rays like every patient is a new new patient so they've got a lot of films and then we're importing x-rays so we went from like zero to a million to like one terabyte um, wow. within nine months, which is craziness that our, our server has one terabyte and it was almost full. So like last week I'm getting a notification saying like your storage system is at is like only has 30% capacity. And like a couple of days later, it's like, you're down to 18%. It's like every single day. I don't even knew mm-hmm. that, know how this happened. So, um, they came in on Monday and then they like redid our office computers. Can I guess what happened? Yes. Did they find all of your porn? <laughs> no. <laughs> I use my laptop for that. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. No one does anything inappropriate on the computers, obviously. They're servered, oh. so you can, like, mm-hmm. monitor got stuff it. and, like, yeah. And then we've got, like, firewalls and things. I don't think you could access that kind of stuff with, like, heavy firewalls up. But, um, anywho, who knows? Let's, let's, let's not test that out. So, so they came in on Monday when like, we have no patience here, but I shoot all my videos on Mondays and like all of mm-hmm. our content gets created on Monday. Um, so I was like, great, like it'll all be done on Monday. They'll be here all day. They'll rip all the computers. They'll move things around. They'll increase the storage. They'll like, we back things up every night, but like, they'll have to do a, a reset and a da da da. Um, so that happened. And then I had to leave. Like I had a, I had a thing I had to leave. I was like, listen, it man, here's the key. Like trust this guy with my life. Right. I'm like, here's the key, like lock up. I'll set the alarm after shoot me a text. Um, and like everything will be fine for Tuesday morning. And of course, like Tuesday morning rolls around. I get here an hour early just to make sure. And like mm-hmm. everything seemed to be working until you get into mm-hmm. the thick of things. And I'm working reception on Tuesdays and Wednesdays now. Obviously. So How I'm cute like, is that? Right. So I'm like sending claims and like nothing's going electronic. I'm I like can't. trying to open our x-rays. Like the x-ray system's not opening. Our intraoral camera's not working. Like 
nothing oh, is working. Are you yappies down? You know, like, we all know we've had those days, right? When you're like opening your software and just nothing is working. And it feels like, like the computer like controls it all, I don't understand. Right? I don't understand. Because the guy was here and he was like, I checked everything. It's fine. So it's like somehow overnight, the like IT gnomes came in and just started like throwing liquid at things. Like, I don't know what, what happened <laughs> overnight. That's what I envisioned. It's just like my little, I feel like I have these like Hugh Freedy Nevi dolls and they're like six of them and I also have like four yappy puppies I feel like they all come alive my yappy puppies and my and my Hugh Freedy dolls come alive they all, and they just like they're just like on things. fucking with shit <laughs> yeah. they like, download instrument porn <laughs> yeah I'm uh, yeah and like they'll leave like I swear they'll leave like the refrigerator open so I come in the morning mm. like we don't keep much in the fridge we have like coffee cream and milk I'll come in in the morning and I'm like I was the last one here I haven't had coffee for 12 hours and the refrigerator is open and the cream's mm. gone bad and I'm like what is happening was that you yappy puppy or was that you Hugh Freedy doll I don't know so so that's been the thing and then our internet went down today which also means you can't send claims and it's just yeah. a nightmare you can't so do anything IT stuff you can't do anything if you don't have wi-fi like literally no. you can't do anything right molar of the story is don't cheap out if you're building yeah. an office don't cheap out on your it solutions think uh-huh. big like think future and I was like, when I first saw the IT bill, I was like, oh my God, like $17,000 for IT because they wire everything, right? Like the space yeah. was empty. I'm like, $17,000 for all of this stuff. Like, that's insane. I'm like, no, no, no. So like I got a better price and I went down on my software and I went down on my hardware, uh, like physically went down on the mm-hmm. price. And then mm-hmm. um, now I'm like, okay, well, I should have just done the 17K because I spent eight before and now I spent six now. So I'm like, eh, and, and you know, like well. pieces of the puzzle together. So anyways, we're and doing you know a that, thing right you now. Know that this your tech- is, we should tell people what we're doing. Well, okay, well, yeah, let's let's tell them. But and by the way, I'm super empathetic to that because for the I, individuals who are listening on the other for end the, of this, for the viewers I, who are listening, for the for the viewers who are listening, <laughs> she at said home, that earlier. For the I, viewers I who are listening, I need to like get it together. Um, I too am without Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. in my establishment. Your Wi-Fi's so. gone because of your KitchenAid. I think so. I don't know. I don't actually know what's going on, but I woke up this morning Wait, and I didn't have Wi-Fi. what's the connection between getting super... your kitchen renovated and your internet? I don't know. I was super disoriented. Get this. I woke up this morning, okay? My alarm didn't go off. The lumber's okay. alarm didn't go off. That's weird, right? Yeah. And, all was, and we wake up to like drilling, like oh. they're putting a new Starbucks in just on the corner, uh, like of where I live. So I was like, oh, yeah. maybe they're like whatever. But it was like loud drilling, and it was like six a.m. And I was like, this is just so strange, right? Hmm. Um, super disoriented. I don't have Wi-Fi, and then also, and I, I, I'm being like completely honest. I feel like, um, like I just came over on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Like I feel like <laughs> I'm a new settler because I don't have like oh I can't gosh. cook with fire, and I don't have a sink. I don't have running water and now I don't have Wi-Fi. So I'm basically like camping in my own home. Right. With dust and tarps everywhere. And I cool. don't have Wi-Fi. So I'm over here at the Lumbers establishment. Yes. Um to record this. So I see that. I see you're not him. I see you're not in your element. He also doesn't have yeah. any purple anywhere, which is really confusing for he me. He doesn't have any purple anywhere. He's got like a like dude room. There's to. like gray everywhere he has a cactus pillow here's this cactus pillow yeah he's like super into the desert i don't know so yeah well this that's is where cool. i am interesting yeah, so it's good so, but 
super empathetic. Let's 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 talk, Irene, about what it is that we're doing now. We are doing something weird. You guys, this is the point. This is eleven minutes in where we're like, and we have an episode. <laughs> we have an episode, um, and we do have an episode, and then and this is the episode. So. We have been getting a lot of requests for Irene and Katrina episodes. Just, just the two of us. Can we can make it, make it if we try. Um, yeah. minus, minus the singing, probably. But we've been yeah, getting a lot of good. requests for us to talk about the stuff that we do in our lives. Like me about mm-hmm. private practice, building an office, independent practice stuff, social media stuff. I've been getting so many... Mm-hmm. questions about like what equipment do you use and how, how how all of these things and then you get tons of questions too like board prep local anesthesia mm-hmm. students perio. Mm-hmm. So, perio. Um, perio. so I think based on that we're gonna do we're gonna do just some unsponsored un, uncut raw Irene and Katrina episodes yeah like just the whole thing like no let's not even hold it back and let's just like be honest and say the things yeah you know i think that's a good idea i, I think, think we should really do good. it so so we want your help to make yes. sure that we're tackling topics that we would like us to talk about tackling mm-hmm. topics to talk about um to ensure that we are meeting your your high standards and expectations because our yes. peeps our peeps people have high standards people. and expectations <laughs> And we appreciate so, yeah. that very much. So we do. Yes. yes. So that's so, the plan. So that is the plan. And I, I think um, one of the things that we've gotten a lot of requests on that I would really love to focus on for this particular episode is um, hygiene school and yeah. really talking about it for a few reasons. One, um, I just hit my 14 year anniversary this week of my graduation day from undergrad, which is like crazy. Like yeah. I, how have I been doing this for 14 years? I don't know. We get a lot of messages in our DMS for our podcast. I know you do. And certainly I do about <clears throat> hygiene school, some of the challenges and the things that we experienced when we were in hygiene school, what was hygiene school like for us? Um, I get a lot of people that are interested in going to hygiene school and want to know about it. Um, So I thought it would be kind of cool for us today to talk a little bit about hygiene school. And what I want to do is I want to begin by actually interviewing you, Irene Irene. Oh, no. I'm going to do it. I want you to tell me about what it was like to go to dental hygiene school with Irene Ngaku. Like, if I were... (laughs) Were you like... We should... I wish that we would have like asked some of my friends for quotes. I feel like I know this we should have been a good spot. Like my, I'm still like best friends with two two of my oh friends my that gosh, I went to hygiene we school all with. We are hygiene girls. Yeah, yeah. So maybe fun. we can. Maybe we'll get them to do some quotes and we'll throw them on our Insta yes. to promote this episode. But yeah, okay. So what was it like to be in school with me? Well, I have to preface that um, I have no dental experience before dental hygiene, and I know a lot of programs as a prerequisite to dental hygiene, you must have been a dental assistant before or Mm -hmm. transferred from an assisting program to a dental hygiene program. Um, So I went in completely blind. Um, Do you know the story of why I got into dental hygiene? No, but can I, can I do the thing? Yeah, do the thing. Go. Okay. So you came over from Romania and your mom was like, you, I I want to do the accent, but I'm not going to do it justice. Do it. Um, Do it. Okay. Hey. (laughs) That's my start. Hey, Irene, Irene, you got this. Is my accent? It's so bad. What's happening? Um, <laughs> what is this? What is this? Terrible. 
do not let your mom listen to this episode. <laughs> you get a respectful career. Either you be a lawyer or doctor. And then you were like, okay. And so then you started thinking about it. Um, and you decided that you wanted to work in healthcare and you stumbled upon your mom took you to Kmart to get some new Tiger Beat magazines as one does in the nineties. Yeah. Tiger Beat, um, your big crush was Devon Sawa, so you wanted to really like get some photos of him. And you walked by the Barbie aisle and there was a dentist Barbie and you were like, Oh, that's an idea. And from there you just decided to apply to dental hygiene school. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, no, we we actually don't have Kmart here, and I don't know who this Devon James person is or whatever you just said. No clue. <laughs> no, who we that all is. had a childhood crush. You know what I mean? Like mine was yeah. J- Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, JTT. Yes, mine was JTT. Who was yours? Um, I was a Backstreet Boys fan. My <gasps> first crush was Howie. <gasps> Stop it! I'm a Howie D person too. And by no the way, way fun I'm not surprised. Fact, a fun fact about Howie D. So I saw the Backstreet Boys in concert like a year and a half ago. And first of all, like Kevin Richardson was not a Backstreet Boy. He was like Backstreet Man. Like yeah. he was significantly older than the others. And you can definitely tell that now. Like I think he's like yeah. 50 or something and he like can barely move. They're like, Kevin, just sit in the corner and like sing with your Aww. microphone. Um, but the the true showstopper, like the guy who's freaking amazing with the Backstreet Boys is Howie D. Like he's a star. Really? He's so ta- yes. Like he's crazy. T- I mean, uh, amazing, amazing, I amazing, amazing. So I love that we both but... we can. I knew we we connected on some stuff, but I didn't Aww. know that it was on our Backstreet Boy crush. Yes. Yeah. So good. Um. Uh, but not not I not why I got into dentistry. But okay. So I okay. I went to university first, university aka the United States version of college, and then mm-hmm. I got a degree in political science, which I never wanted to use. See, and the lawyer thing was close. I said. Lawyer. It was close. Yeah, it was I'm close. close. Uh, but basically, my mom was like, doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. Like, those were the three options of what I could do. And then I, that's why I went into law. I was like, okay, well, I'll go into law and I'll be a lawyer and I will appease my very Eastern European parents. And then I didn't mm-hmm. want to go into law. And my mom was like, oh my God, your life is over. What are you going to do? So I was dating a boy at the time who was in health science who decided that he was going to go into dentistry. So I went into dental hygiene because my ex <laughs> went into dentistry. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember that yes and we were like okay we, and it was like he was like my first serious boyfriend yeah. and also my first future husband so we were engaged to be married right yeah and then were he you like his, he went to dental school were you his he went hygienical? To dental school no so he went to dental school oh. we were in school at the same time but i oh. graduated before him yeah because dental school is four years and hygiene school for me was 18 months i did like an accelerated mm. program which i mm. recommend like i highly recommend an accelerated program for someone that wants to like get in and out or have mm-hmm. like responsibilities like family that they have to you know get into the workforce faster for but anyway so that Mm -hmm. long story short like that didn't work out but I stayed in dental hygiene and I had no previous or prior experience I didn't understand anything about dental terminology Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything which I I feel like you know it'd be nice if I had some experience I feel like I would have even shadowing like if you're a student you're thinking about it like work in a dental office for a little bit like shadow or call your hygienist and ask yeah Yeah. like anyone will accept you to come and work for them for free basically and see if it's mm-hmm. even something that you would like because the last thing you want to do is invest tens of thousands of dollars in education and then you don't like it okay yeah can we can we do an irene hot take 
Yeah, let's do this. This is I, I'm loving this like new format, by the way. It What's irritate. an Irene hot this take? Is, this is an Irene hot take. This is an Irene irritant. Oh, oh so oh, Irene oh. irritant. And I don't Irene engage. Irritant. I don't engage. I engage in a positive way. But an, an Irene irritant is when I read in the Facebook groups, like you'll get like this eager beaver, this like young future dental hygienist or assistant or whatever yes. in the dental with no experience. And mm-hmm. they come into the Facebook groups and they're like, let me know what you think about your profession. Yeah. And then they're totally torn down. Yes. Yes. Why do we do that? That's and so you know, by we. I mean, dental hygienists. Like, why do we do that? Right. Like, the only way for our profession to evolve and to improve is Mm -hmm. for future hygienists to pave the way and change the way that we do things. So when we think about, like, dental hygiene today and you think about, like... Irene Newman circa first hygienist <laughs> ever like so much has changed since then so if you were to ask Irene Newman back then like hey what do you think of dental hygiene she probably would have said one of the two things either love or hate but I feel yeah. like you know instilling some of these ideas in a new person that has has no experience is just like gonna tear them down and make them confused what do you it's think? unfair and it's unfair and I will say too <clears throat> One of my friends, Debbie, says this a lot and she's spot on with it. I don't see other professions tearing each other down like this. Like my sister's a foot and ankle surgeon. You don't see podiatrists on Facebook tearing each other down. If we want to build our profession, we want dentists to look at us and take us seriously because in most states in the United States, it's the dentists that decide what autonomy hygienists have, then we have to start stepping into our profession more, in my opinion, um, and not start attacking each other. And it, it goes beyond. It's not just, even about attacking each other. It's about like it's, it's speaking attacking our profession. about our profession that someone right. might have a completely different experience. Like I love being a hygienist. I do not yeah. want to be a dentist. And that's the question I often get right. is like, would you, do you want to be a dentist? And I did once. I don't now because I love what I do. But yeah. the, the new person coming into this world, this dental hygiene world might also love it and might also create a very unique path for themselves and for others and like I feel like it's such a like a projection of your own life that like well I hate totally. what I do now therefore I'm never going to recommend it to anybody else I was like well if you hate what you're doing now a why are you doing it why are you in it and yeah right do something else and b like don't don't project your your dislike for a profession for someone else I agree. And I I think the idea is if you're going to make a comment, be constructive. So share things like dental hygiene is a very rewarding career. Uh, You know, if you're thinking about getting into it, you know, make sure that you when you start interviewing that you work with a doctor who's in alignment with your practice philosophy. Or make sure that you, you know, work in an office that supports your continuing education or whatever it is that's ailing you. Because to your point, Irene, it, it doesn't make our profession better if we're tearing it down with those things. And quite honestly, that's, I think, where a lot of this drama of like hygienists being the drama queen, quote unquote, in the office, that's where it comes from. We're we're not solution based in many uh, instances. We just we just want to complain. And the reason why I brought up us even tearing each other apart is because sometimes you'll see on social media People will present like, hey, this patient experience happened in the office. How would you respond and it's like you start to get the comments coming in, right, from people and people will start to tear each other apart. Like, well, why would you do that? Obviously, this patient is not an SRP. So you're just over, you know, overbilling the patient or whatever. You know, right. th- we start to get into this verbiage and it's like, 
we shouldn't, why are we not being more supportive of each other? And to your point, supportive of potential dental hygienists or dentists that want to step into our work. We can really be a positive inspiration. Dentistry doesn't have to be the way that it is if you have all these grievances. So I think the, the power behind us being constructive is maybe maybe create a dialogue. And I, I would challenge our, our viewers at home who are listening. <laughs> I would challenge <laughs> if you see something like this, <clears throat> if you see something, say something, right? That's what they always say. Like right. at the airport, you see something, say something. If you see something like that, um, you know, I encourage you, if, if you do truly love dental hygiene, which I would imagine the majority of our viewers at home <laughs> are, you hop on and say like, hey, Carol, um, thanks for your comment. Um, you know, my name is Julie and I'm a hygienist. And quite honestly, like, I'm so sorry that you are experiencing not loving your profession. Oh Can you, I actually okay. do love mine. That you know what I mean? Be, that would be, so I, so I did that. So this, this, this past week, there was a future dental hygienist who applied and got into school and she was just like, tell me what it's like. Cause she was going in. So I, you know, everyone was keyboard warrioring away that like, you yeah. know, all the negative, like my body hurts, my back hurts, my like, you know, ergonomics is really important. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't start off early, then you are going to have these. Yes. There's a lot of like, it was a lot of like, um, what can Warnings. I say? No, the, the feedback in the comments was very, um, a lot of the items that people were mentioning were pre- are preventable, right? So mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't get a lunch break. Well, that's a preventable thing. Mm-hmm. Is that fact or is that something that we can change? So like that is one right, thing that you right. can change. Like I don't get a lunch break or like my back and my neck hurt. That's also something that's perhaps po- a portion mm-hmm. preventable, maybe not completely, but a portion preventable. So it's like all of these things that people were saying were like at the ending of their career, like I've been practicing for 30 years and like these are all of the things that I hate, but like tell me about all the good things right so I I stuck up I sent a public message to this person I said hi my name is Irene like I absolutely love being a hygienist um I don't think that you should take into consideration a lot of the comments in here and I'm like not going to point fingers at which ones but like your career will be Mm -hmm. your own it won't be like anyone else's and where someone is finishing at 30 years you're starting now so like you have the opportunity to make change and then like oh I wrote that but then I got roasted I got roasted I was just gonna say and what did our esteemed colleagues say I back got roasted. to that? And then mm-hmm. people, you know, when people comment and they talk about you, and it was like, well, that's at Tooth yeah. Life Irene, and her career is so different, and da da da. And they were like talking about me. And your career is what you made, by the way, Honey Bunny. And that's the whole point. Right. So I feel I feel like that that needs to be said, and that that needs to be something that yes. people are careful of because if we discourage all of these people to going into dental hygiene. There won't be any dental hygienists. What's going to be our profession? Yes, we have to be able to pass the torch. And that's the thing that's like so, so silly to me is where does mentorship, where does it start and stop in dental hygiene? You know, I mean, you graduate from dental hygiene school, you know the bare minimum to not hurt or kill someone. You know the bare minimum to pass your exams, truly. But you have never worked in a dental practice to understand at that. Most have not. Right. And certainly no one has worked as a dental hygienist in a dental practice to understand the, the practice management side of it or the business of dental hygiene. We There's so many things that we don't learn in dental hygiene school because we just learn the foundational basics. So oral myofunctional therapy, which I know you do quite a bit, you know, silver diamine fluoride, a lot of those things, lasers, um, yeah. in a lot of states, anesthesia. 
A lot of those things are not taught in dental hygiene school. You have the opportunity to create this trajectory for where you get to go in your profession, but you are the one that is steering that ship. And I think that's the thing that really makes me sad about a lot of dental hygienists is I think I think most people graduate from dental hygiene school absolutely in love with dental hygiene. We're, we're burnt out on our boards. We're exhausted. Um, you know, we're, we're certainly excited to like, you know, get our nails done again and things, you know, whatever things we want to do after we leave hygiene school. But most of us graduate pretty passionate about hygiene. What is it that burns us out? It is, in my opinion, working in an office that maybe doesn't appreciate you working, um, you know, with colleagues that maybe are not in alignment with what you're doing, um, being put into situations where your practice philosophy is not being honored, you know, being put into situations where your integrity is questioned. When you tell the patient they need periodontal treatment, they decline it. The doctor agrees with the patient and then you have to do substandard care and feel good about that and then go home and put your head on your pillow at the end of the day, feeling like you did a good job. Yes, there are very not glamorous and unsexy things about dental hygiene. Like we are literally like wearing people spit all over us. And, <laughs> you know, we're so, uh, you know, accustomed to seeing blood and, and pus and infection and flapped tissue. Um, you know, we're so accustomed to people saying things like, no offense, but I hate coming I to the hate, dentist, right? I hate coming oh in to see you. Yeah. yeah. You know, people say things like that. I mean, w- but the thing is, I think most people and, and I'm, I know you're a faculty member as a faculty member. When I taught dental hygiene, I remember asking my students on day one of hygiene school, like, why did you choose dental hygiene? And when they we went out in the room, they said things like, I want to help people. Mm-hmm. I want to make things better. I want to create change in my community. We are preventive specialists. We are the change agents. Preventive specialists and change agents, we are the ones that can have the the uh, burden of responsibility and opportunity to be able to change the, the work and the why within our practice. Right. Just because a doctor believes something doesn't mean that that's what you have to work in. You get to sit down and have a colleague-to-colleague conversation with that doctor and say, hey, listen, I have some questions about what happened with that patient experience. You know, when you have time, not now after you just finished a root canal and your brain is fried. But when you have time, I'd love to sit down and talk to you about this. I want to make sure that you and I are on the same page about clinical care. How do you care. think, so like we discuss things with confidence because we've been in it for 14 years. So like how, mm-hmm. when do you think your, um, you started to become comfortable in having those conversations? Cause I, I think I was like in year seven, and until year seven, mm-hmm. I was like, head to the ground, scale teeth, go home, scale teeth, go home. Mm. See, I, I didn't. And in fact, that's kind of a part of um, my story about where my career went and my trajectory went. I graduated from hygiene school, like all of us, knowing the quote unquote right way to do things. <clears throat> the standard of care, infection control, every patient needs an FMX, every patient needs full mouth perio charting, not just three, two, threeing it, um, not just doing pocket depth readings and then putting your bleeding notation in your clinical notes, but putting those bleeding spots on the perio chart, getting recession numbers, getting for, you know, the whole thing. I was taught how to do it the right way. Hmm. And then you get out into clinical practice and you're taught the quote unquote, the real world way. Right. Unquote. And one of the issues that I had was I graduated and I started working in a practice where I was told this is how we do things here and how, quote unquote, we do things here, unquote, 
was, in my opinion, substandard care. Patients were not receiving comprehensive charting. Patients were not receiving treatment plans that aligned with what their mouth looked like. Patients were not, um, you know, receiving full mouth series of radiographs, appropriate imaging, appropriate assessments. Um, patients were not being told about the decay. We were watching things right. that shouldn't have been watched that were like active. And it, honestly, I was fresh out of school. I don't mean to say I was bullied, but I almost kind of was, Irene. Like, it was like, this is how we do it here. So knock it off. And either you're going to stay in line with what we do or that's not going to work for you. And I was one of those people that was like, "Eh, that's just not going to work for me. And part of the reason why I think there's a difference between what we learned in hygiene school and the real world is I think a lot of us believe that patients are not going to accept this. Patients don't want to have an FMX taken. Patients don't want to sit there and get probed and this and that. Well, I kind of ran my own little show. I had my own little isolated operatory. I took the x-rays that patients needed. I period charted the things that patients needed. Patients were accepting period treatment. Patients were accepting adjunctive services. They were accepting fluoride treatments. They were accepting local delivery of antibiotics. They were coming back in. I had a robust column that, with all due respect, my quote-unquote colleagues who had been practicing for a decade or so in the operatory next door that they were not bringing in. They were not bringing in that production. They didn't have that trusted patient following. Their patients were not accepting doctor's restorative treatment. And so what ended up happening early on, and I will premise this by saying, I won't name it, but I was working for a DSO where unfortunately DSOs are are notorious for building protocols and then really layering the expectation that you're going to align with what this protocol is. However, this particular DSO did not have a protocol at all. It was just, we're going to do what their insurance says, and that's, we're going to get them in and out. That was, that was kind of the motto. And I didn't believe that. My practice philosophy is I treat every patient in my chair like a member of my family that I like. Amen. So it was really important to me because I sat and I saw these patients sitting in my chair. Like they they don't know, like I'm thinking about like my dad, like he would have just called up like whatever dental practice his insurance would cover. And he'd sit down and he'd think that he was getting decent care because you're a dental hygienist. And that's what you say. They trust. And I, I felt like we were squandering our patients trust. That's a responsibility that we have to our patients. And so early on when I was told that's how we do things here, my response was that's not how I'm going to do things here. Um, and respectfully, <laughs> respectfully, um, I, I'm, I'm going to run my show the way that my clinical judgment says. Um, if a doctor at any point disagrees, because in the state of Arizona, I do, I have my own license, but I do work under the doctors. Um, If any of the doctors disagree with any of these clinical paradigms, I am one, I will happily sit down and have a dialogue with them. But my integrity is so important to me. And I, these are core values that a lot of times I don't think we talk about out loud. You know, what are your true core values? Like what matters to you? But my integrity did, uh, does, um, continues to drive what I do clinically. <laughs> it did. Wait, it and does. No, it continues. It did. No, it to. Like, I don't know. Uh, well, I but you know that, like, that was really, really important, important to me. And you're lucky that you're you have that ability because I mean a lot of people come out of school and especially if they didn't have any experience before that, like they feel like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to talk back to my boss or and and even decades in, like it depends on what type of personality mm-hmm. you have. Like sometimes you tiptoe around those conversations because you don't want to piss anyone off. And then, you know, you question it too. like, wait, am I wrong? Who's wrong here? I guess like it just takes time and and a certain level of continuing education really helps. Like 
what you learn in dental hygiene yes. school gets you the baseline, but what you really learn is after dental hygiene school. Hey, I'm getting audited this year. My 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 you are my my my, my uh, CE courses for the last three years are due in a portfolio. Nice. Isn't that funny? That's right. You guys do portfolios in Canada. Isn't that hilarious? Right. I feel I feel like that's really funny. That's great. But I guess hey, my, yeah, my, my number tell, was like, called. Canadian college is like. Yep, they're like that. Irene, we gotta see what she's up to. See what she's up to. Yeah, I feel like that's really that's interesting. So but yeah, so I don't know. I love we'll, it. We'll we'll see how that goes. But I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like if if you see that stuff on social media, and I don't know if you agree with me, then cool. If you don't agree with me, that's cool too. But I just feel like if we are constantly discouraging people before they even get in, like they don't have the opportunity to make mm-hmm. a change in in our profession, and uh, perhaps yeah. be a voice to to make a modification to our scope of practice or treatment or like it could be yeah it could be the the future of of a specific type of protocol that we use like in the brain mm-hmm. of that person that is just applying to school so your back your neck hurts so does everybody so does a professional athlete a professional athlete yeah is so does pain. everybody right yeah. every everyone has pain and stuff when a lady who does my pedicures i bet her back hurts right. too she's all hunched over like painting my toenail right so here's my question to you then irene <clears throat> so let's say that uh, i'm a dental uh, potential dental hygiene student and i'm listening to this podcast um you know and and i i went on to facebook or instagram and i i saw that those threads of all of those just kind of negative things about dental hygiene that seems to kind of flood what are some things that you would say to a potential dental hygiene student who is interested in going into hygiene don't listen to other people even me don't even okay. listen to me <clears throat> because what i tell you is going to be a projection of what my life has looked like as a dental hygienist i'll share with you the good stuff yeah. i'll share with you the bad stuff but it's the journey that's really the most rewarding part so if you want to go into the profession go into the profession you know you obviously had an instinct to apply so follow that instinct and yeah. really dig deep into yourself i don't think that I don't, I didn't ask anyone for my, for whether I should do this or not. Like I didn't say to the yeah. world, Hey world, guide me in one direction or the other. The world already guided yeah. me into applying. I, I, and and mm-hmm. my entire life, I didn't like, should I open a practice or not? Like, let's, let's put it out to the entire world, whether or not I should open a practice. Like, no, like wanted to do something. I did it. So I don't think, I don't think anyone else's opinion is any of your business. I think mm-hmm. I think you you and your heart and soul is the only important thing that you should consider and whether you want to go into this profession or not is is up to you no one else. That's my yeah. and, and that is how the cookie crumbles. That's it. That's what how you, the algae crumbles say? for Irene. <laughs> what would I say? Yeah. Um I you know you, you would you would start seeing some of the things that I would say quite honestly. I, I of course, you know, I would let any you know potential individual know because I'm, I'm in alignment with you, Irene. I didn't ask anybody when I decided to go to hygiene school. I had not worked in a dental practice. I, I went into hygiene school with absolutely no experience. Um, I didn't know if I was going to love or hate this profession. I, I did it. Um, and so I, I do think that if they wanted to know any advice for, you know, trying to verify if dental hygiene is something that will be in alignment with them. Um, I do think that shadowing or finding a dental hygienist who's a mentor um, 
to, to give you the, the good, the bad and the ugly. But again, to your point, Irene, knowing that that's, that's that person's career, right. that's that person's perception, that that person made choices early on in dental hygiene school. You decide in hygiene school, if you want to be the student in the front row with the highlighters and the, you know, flashcards and be the, the 4.0 student who really metabolizes this information and gains all that patient experience, you know, or and not right, wrong or indifferent. It, it doesn't it, I'm not saying one way or the other, but I was a faculty member where I taught students as well that were fine with getting the whatever the bare minimum was of patient requirements to pass, um, you know, or getting the, the bare minimum of patient experience. And then I had other students that were rock stars and wanted to see all of these advanced yeah. perio patients or advanced systemic cases or wanted to go on all of these enrichment experiences, wanted to go abroad and work in underdeveloped countries to do humanitarian work as well. So you know, everybody's career is it's their choice. And, and all of these, you know, accumulations of events that have happened beginning from hygiene school and going through into making the decision about which practice or practices you work for, how you negotiate, what your fee is, you know, with your doctor or with a practice owner, even down to how you negotiate, who buys the scrubs, what color scrubs do you wear? How much time do you get per patient? Um, how much time off do you get? All of those things are very individualized. And yeah, you know, a lot of people have a lot of frustrations or uh, maybe even uh, I could use the word anger hmm. to describe what has happened in their career. Uh, frustrations about the level of care or, you know, the the uh, just the status of what their career is. But there also are a lot of and, and I will say not every day in dental hygiene is amazing. Um, but I do think it's it's uh, like a true like love situation. If you love dental hygiene, um, Elizabeth Gilbert says this in her book, uh, Big Magic, which I, I don't know if you've read a lot of Elizabeth Gilbert. She's an incredible writer, by the way, like her knowledge of the English language and ability to use it is incredible. But she writes this in her book, Big Magic. She says, if you love something, you will love it so much that you will eat the shit sandwich that comes along mm -hmm, with it. It's true. Meaning. If you know, if you love dental hygiene, you will even appreciate it on the days when your computer system is down and you will love it on the days when, you know, your patient shows up late and they're, you know, uh, chatty Cathy's and whatever. Not that those are all amazing experiences, but at the end of that day, you still think, you know what, despite that, I do still love what I do. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, Every profession has its ups and downs. Being freaking Beyonce has its ups and downs, right? Like, I, I mean, I know it's hard to even think about it, but like Beyonce has like challenges in her day too. So, I mean, albeit her challenges are very different <laughs> from ours, but everything has its challenges. You have to decide. So I guess my advice would be if you read all of those things that those negative things that hygienists are saying, like my back hurts, my neck hurts, and you think... Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'll learn how to sit up straight when I'm in hygiene school. I, I guess I'll really focus on my ergonomics. I guess I'll purchase the right loops or I guess I'll purchase the right saddle chair or I guess I'll get massages or see a chiropractor. You know, um, honestly, doing Pilates and yoga for a lot of people yeah. is enough to strengthen your core, to stabilize even this and that. So I guess my whole point is if you see these negative things on social media. Look for a solution. 
Right. And you're seeing that like, hey, the, like I would I would still be OK with this profession because I know that there's a solution. Right. Um, then maybe you're on the right path to something um, because dental hygiene to me has been an incredibly rewarding. The, one of the best decisions I ever made was to go to dental hygiene school. It was, you know, it was a beautiful opportunity. I felt like I was in a little mini sorority. I hmm. loved my hygiene girls. I still keep in contact with so many of them. And in fact, I'm so excited, Irene. I haven't announced it yet. So I guess this will be the first time I'm announcing it. Um, I just got invited to speak at the University of Minnesota's Alumni Association. No way. That's so cool. Um, they're doing their big like alumni weekend. Any anybody in the speaking world knows it's so hard yeah. to get hired in your own backyard. Yeah. Like it's so hard to get your alma mater to hire you, or it's so hard to like get your state to hire yeah. you, right? So I'm so excited. They reached out. My program director was like, "You make the University of Minnesota proud," and it was like I almost like teared up. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's like you know having that authority figure tell you like you did a good job, you know. Um, but I thought hygiene school was just such a great opportunity. And um, now being in the profession, I, yes, there are days where it's like this sucks, <laughs> but I still love it. And and I still very much appreciate working with patients. I, I love the ability to connect with our colleagues. And and I do think that there's an, an incredibly uh, powerful wave of hygienists that are starting to step forward and are normalizing loving hygiene and my my kudos to those hygienists because yes it is it's a thankless job sometimes and patients don't want to hang out with us but i feel like i feel like it's a it's a difference between facebook and instagram and is it like a instagram versus reality mm. thing because on instagram that's all i see is other hygienists loving hygiene and other dentists loving mm-hmm, dentistry mm-hmm. Um, that's but true then as that's soon true. as i open facebook it's all just ranting about yeah. crazy stuff and I like I can't I don't even want to allow that negativity in because as soon as you mm-hmm. do, then you will spot those yeah. things and they will consume you. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Is that is that a, is that a thing? Like, do you think that Instagram is more of the like highlight positive side of things and Facebook ha- has the opportunity for more of these like negative discussions? Yeah, I think Facebook invites it because Facebook has those groups where <clears throat> I mean, some some of the groups I, I, I'm not going to name names because I don't I don't want to create <laughs> challenges. But there's some groups that have titles of that group right. that, that is talks about for. how like horrible hygiene is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you know what you're getting yourself into if you're going to join a group that t- talks smack about our profession. Right. So um, which goes back to my you, original can comment, I, can I which is secret. One of the tell reasons, me, one tell of the me biggest, and, the, the, and the viewers at home and the, and the viewers that are listening. Um, one of the reasons why I belong to those groups is that so I can spot challenges to talk about in a positive way on social media. Yes, me so too. I go into me these too. groups yeah. and then someone will say something crazy and then I'll be like, cool, that would make a really great topic for a speaking gig. I'm going to now create yeah. a whole lecture around how to fix that problem because it seems as though yeah. hundreds of people have that problem. So if you see me yeah. stro- scrolling through those, those groups, that's why because I feel like Sure, we've got a problem. Like, let's come up with a solution. Yes, I, and that's that's the idea. Is you know we're not going to make our profession better if we're talking poorly about it and not creating change. Cool. As preventive specialists, that's our job. 
And in, in my opinion, I don't think we're doing a very good job if we're letting these problems continue to thrive. Yeah. Um, there's so many ways to be able to grow from that. So I, I'm I'm 100% in alignment with that, Irene, and I absolutely love it. I think I think that we just discovered our new, um, we'll call it the Irene and Train segment. Does that sound good? Irene and Train. This is an Irene I and love Train. It. Yeah, we could just start yes. start off the episodes by saying, "Welcome back to another episode of the Two Third Year Podcast." This is an Irene and Train episode, and that way peeps Irene know the right away. I think so I think good. we've discovered what the next few things that we should talk about to kind of piggyback on this topic. And I've written down two things that I think I've gotten a lot of questions about: is time management. How much time mm-hmm. do you spend on this? How much time do you spend on that? Like how, how do, mm-hmm. and I'm going to kind of break apart what my week looks like on how much time I spend on yeah. my chart notes and an SRP or a new patient hygiene yeah. or a six month maintenance. And we can talk about like the differences between Canada and the U.S. and how yes. our, our systems work a little bit different. I mean, they all align in the end of like patient needs is the most important, but Let's do that. And then the following one, maybe we should talk about interview skills, raises, how to ask for a raise. And some of the most most valuable pieces of information that you can pull from your reports uh, and what reports Mm -hmm. to look at. And I'll pull reports off of my system and talk about like production per hour, cancellation fees. Should you get paid when you have a cancellation fee? I think that should be those should be Mm -hmm. the next Mm -hmm. the next Mm -hmm. few Irene and trains thoughts. Yeah, I love it. And also I want to let our viewers at home know (laughs) that we, we want to hear from you too. So slide into our DMS and say like, Hey, for the next Irene and train episode, like, I'd love to hear about this. I'd love to hear about that because we really want this to like, be able to serve you. Um, as much as I love just hopping on the mic and chatting with you, Irene, we really want to make sure that we're helping our, our listeners, especially before we go and and do our episode, we'll throw up a a Q and a on our Instagrams and then we'll pull that mm-hmm. info. So perhaps we'll do like our little chat and then we'll answer a couple of questions. So cool. We have a plan. Like so now the most important question is, do we do a rock, paper, scissors for ourselves? Cause we've never been able to dish to each other. Oh my gosh. Irene, I think this we is have crazy. to, I think we have to, we are I called think we the have two- to. So Katrina, we are called the two third air podcast for a reason. <laughs> At the end of every episode, you and I do a visually impaired okay. version of rock, paper, scissors, and the loser uh-huh. gets to go up against the other person and you get to decide whether oh. you uh, dish or accept a tooth or a dare. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So in the meantime, the rest of you need to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina (laughs) at the Dental Wine Genesis. And as always, follow our podcast at tooth or dare um, dot podcast. And here we go. Yes. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, paper, scissors. Oh, she beat me. <gasps> Irene, I won she this beat one. She rocked, yes. she rocked my, you rocked my world with I rocked you rocked world. my scissors. Okay, I'll accept a dare. You're gonna accept a dare? Okay. This is what I'd like you to do. Okay. And this is gonna be kind of in alignment with our episode for today. Um, I would here's what I'd like you to do. She's writing it down. Oh, yeah, that's good. <clears throat> what I'd like you to do is I would like you to do um a short little interview short um with you and uh two of your hygiene girls from hygiene school oh and i want interview them and i want you to ask them to share a secret about irene from hygiene school secret from rdh school oh my god yes okay i want to i want to know like something i want to know like the the dirty gossip i want to know something 
that the rest of the world doesn't know about Irene okay. from hygiene school. Something from hygiene school. Okay, I got it. I got it. All right. I'm going to try and fa- I'm going to try and do a FaceTime thing. Cool. Okay. All right, everyone. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Follow us at 232.podcast to watch us there to go down within the next seven days of this episode airing. And thank you for tuning into the very first Irene and Trine uh, version of the 232 podcast. And we will catch you peeps um, on the flip side of the next episode. Is that how that works? On the flippity flip <laughs> yeah, of the next episode. Peace out, Cheers, peeps. Cheers, peeps. <laughs> We did it. That was fun, Irene. Did you have a good time? I was. Can you see? Are you? I can see a little bit of a light pit stain there. There she is.